Here's a goal. Mate, this is a privilege. The Thrive Lab. Mm. How do we thrive, Renee? Oh, wow. Starting with a big question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think, honestly, there's two key parts of it. It's connection and purpose. Um, Everything I've read points to those two things. So you need to have a bigger a bigger cause than you in your life, whether that's a God or a, an amazing job that you contribute to or a family or something that's outside of yourself. And you need to have connection to other people. Um, connection to other people is linked to a long and happy life. And yeah, and social isolation inverse is linked to really bad health outcomes, really bad mental well-being. So yeah, that's how you live a happy life. Find purpose and find connection. If you do nothing else, those two things will be the big ticket wins. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. See you later. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Life completed it, mate. Uh... <laughs> let's jump into um, let's jump into those. Let's dissect them a little bit. So mainly, so I can get it through my very thick and blonde skull. Right. Let's go purpose. Right. What What does that mean to you? To me, um, like personally. Yeah. Um, I guess my own purpose is. No, that's probably not what you're asking, but I'll just say that. But anyway, no, no, my please. own purpose, <laughs> my own purpose is around. Um, I since I was like ten, it sounds like I was a really weird kid. I've been interested in this idea of like contentment in society, like how do we design a more content society, and not kind of content in that you're happy with your lot, even if your lot sucks, but but kind of having what we have and appreciating it, whilst also striving for kind of better lives and better change, but striving in a way that's content it's really hard to describe but I've yeah I've always been interested in that and so I guess I've muddled around thinking how do you actually live that how do you actually help people be happier um and landed on at the moment that work is a big part of unhappiness and so starting with the workplace and going how do we make that human-centered how do we make that a place where people aren't you know extremely stressed and burnt out and going home and snapping at their kids and you know how do we take away the stresses of work and make work a place of purpose and connection to the earlier point um but i'm also to be honest really interested in a broader a broader picture than work like how do we rebuild community how do we foster those ties that help us feel like we belong um i think we have hollowed out a lot of the big social stuff that we used to have like we we used to have religion we used to have kind of jobs for life we used to have a much stronger kind of civil society feel and I think we're at risk of being quite isolated these days and so I care a lot about that and I'm trying to figure out how do you turn that interest into a job (laughs) that you can do and still pay the bills because you still need to eat so yeah that's my personal purpose contentment in society and deep chats for change Deep chats for change. I like that. Deep chats for change. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of the alternate tagline for Thrive Lab. But I wasn't sure anyone would understand. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, it's obvious, but it's also kind of not a thing that you can buy. So, yeah, there's that tension, I guess, between the clarity and the kind of what you're selling. Mm. Yeah. Sure. I think it feels like everyone's got an aversion to have a deep conversation these days. It's interesting. Like, I think because I'm wired to seek that, I think when you have them, people are really appreciative. They're like, oh, it's so nice to go past, you know, the weather and sport and like (laughs) the latest drama that's on the news. But it it can be hard to get into it because 
I guess the nerd part of me is like, you do need some enabling conditions. I'm a parent. I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and it, I love them to bits, but it's really hard to connect deeply when you are also like have half your attention checking that someone's not going to, you know, run off a cliff. So that's yeah. like, you need to be able to focus. Um, and you kind of also need to know that it's a safe space where the other person wants to go deep as well. So you sort of have to do that little dance where you test the waters of, you know, what kind of chat is this? Are we staying on the surface or are we going deep? Um, but yeah, I, I love making places where it's clear that the deeper chat is wanted. Like I just finished a group coaching program for women and it was all about that. It was just fully deep chats about stuff you don't talk about, connection, purpose, joy, play, you know, the big stuff that matters, but that we don't set aside time to talk about. So yeah, I do, I guess in the circles that I run in, there is an interest for people to have those deep chats, but I'm not sure about guys. I'm, I, my whole world is quite feminine. Like I am married, but I, what do you think? Like a guy's less willing to go to those deep chat spaces? What do you reckon? I'm just flipping it. I'm going to be the interviewer now. <laughs> hey, you can ask whatever question you want. You know? um, that's a good question. Um, I like. I really do like uh, hearing what it's like on a on a lady's side because hmm. I'm never going to know, right? It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. You can you can have as many conversations as you want, read as many books, but you, you, I'm not going to feel that. Right. Um, mm. But from a from a dude's perspective, yeah, I mean, notoriously, you know, the highest form of uh, uh, or the highest reason of death under the age of 45 is suicide, right, for blokes. So it's like, well, mm. yeah, clearly they're socially isolated for some sort of reason, whether that is self-inflicted or whether that is uh, cast upon them. Right. But I think we need to understand that we have accountability for ourselves. And like, you can't just say, oh, it's not OK for for men to talk so I'm just going to shut up and I was like yeah well you're choosing to shut up mm. like that's on you mate like whether somebody's going to listen to you or not there's going to be a lot of people that's not going to care but there are some folk out there which are unbelievable people and all you got to do is one of the greatest pieces of advice I was ever given in fucking full stop was a very very close friend of mine a class of his family and he just said Alex is simple I was like what what are you talking about and he says you just got to find your people mm. yeah Goes, once you found your people, everything else becomes a hell of a lot easier. You know, like people are these complex, irrational, illogical beings, emotional. They go up and down. You're like, what the fuck is going on with this person? You're like, yeah, yeah, but they're not hard. They're just complicated. And life isn't complicated. It's just hard. And I think we're trying to make life easy by making it complicated and make people less complicated and it's making it hard i think it, it, it gets in the in the way of things i was like no no, no. It, the human beings are complex try and figure yourself out that's a task in itself then try and figure out everybody else around you good bloody luck right <laughs> but like yeah. try and try and make life easy it's not gonna happen mate yeah i think yeah i think like riffing on that it's um there is an interesting tension because I care about happiness and people often equate happiness with hedonism like just pleasure all the time easy yeah. all the time and it's like no that is not the route to a happy life it's like there's a book called um oh I'm gonna forget the name of it but it's basically the the best goals you get at sideways so not linearly and it's like looking at the stars right like if you look directly at a star it becomes less bright but if it's in your peripheral then then it becomes brighter so I think rather than trying to make life easy and thinking that that will make us happy. It's 
you know, what what are the elements of a good life that will be rewarding as a side benefit? Like, what do I intrinsically want to do and feel motivated to do? And how do I design that into my life? And then, you know, good things might fall out of it, like well-being and happiness and a sense of contentment. But you can't aim straight at it. Yeah. But anyway, I just took your point and went where I wanted with it. <laughs> but I totally agree that you do need to have a tribe. Like, it's super important to feel like you're not the only one battling for your corner or, you know, trying to push a particular cause or whatever. I don't know. I'm a first-year business owner, and it's been really cool connecting with other people who are in a similar position. So. Yeah, but there's power in that. 100% there's power in that. And I think we're all artists, right? But if you speak to any artist or writer or or business person, right? You're like, okay, well, you've just finished a big project. You've finished a painting, you finished a book or whatever. It's like, they're usually like in the weirdest spot post-achievement because they're like, <laughs> what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've just yeah. got to get back to the drawing board and just, start working towards something i think we've got a negative connotation with work like oh Mm. work i gotta go do this again it's like work is everything work is like a a unit you know a a moment a measure you know it's like yeah we got to pick this up and go from there i gotta walk to the grocery shop it's all work yeah we have to find some sort exactly we have to find beauty in that and i think there's a lot to be found in there but we, Mm. we don't we don't look for it man yeah, and I would um, also say, like, say you are an artist and you've produced a, or maybe writing's an easier an example. If you say, like, I want to write a book, if that's your goal, that's a concrete thing that you deliver. But then at the end, you get that big dopamine surge, and then to your point, you're kind of lost because you're like, oh, well, I wrote the book, I climbed the mountain, I did the thing. Whereas if it's like an identity-based goal, like if I'm I'm an author or I'm a mountain climber or whatever, like you're never done. And the never being done is actually a positive thing because you never get into that kind of deep hole after the big success because it's like, well, cool. Like that was awesome. And now I have another mountain to climb because I'm a mountain climber. It's part of my identity. Yeah. So I think that's a good happiness hack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the answer to the question, what do I need, is a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't ever need to touch it. I don't even know need to know what it is, but I need to know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I got to keep on chasing. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's what kind of gets me out of bed in the morning. Like, otherwise, I think for a lot of blokes, circling back to your question, a lot of blokes end up getting gripped by this vice, whatever that vice may be, gambling, you know, being lazy, whatever the fuck it is. It doesn't matter. It's all the same (laughs) stuff, right? It's all trying to escape yourself, you know, and uh, it's that constant conversation between the angel and the devil or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And... uh, (laughs) You know, sometimes Mr. Hyde comes out for a little longer and he, he holds onto the rail, uh, the, the reins. And it's like, yeah, we have to have something to walk towards or to run towards. And we have to go out and we have to do work. And we have to have a sense of community that's going to slap us back into that line. When inevitably, you know, the waves get a little bit too much and it's going to slap us in the face. That's fine. But like, we need those other folks around and we need to be able to be honest. Right. Mm. And, uh, I think I was taught that from people, from coaching, just seeing them, just so many people in front of your face. And you're like, well, you can see when they're different. And you're like, right, mm-hmm. are you going to keep lying to me and saying, yeah, you're fine? Or are we going to have a real conversation? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inevitably, yeah, you get into it, right? Yeah, that willingness to be vulnerable is critical. I think also to the Jekyll and Hyde point, um, I do think we're kind of, over socialized like we 
there's a lot of rules about how you have to act today. You know, I, <laughs> I speak as a woman because that's what I am, but like achieving the kind of box of being a modern working mum is freaking hard. And so we don't have much space to be like kind of wild, like, mm. and not just doing all, like delivering all the things that we, all the shoulds, I guess. And so I think we also need to figure out a way to have less pressure on people. Like we aren't perfect and we do need like release valves, you know, we are animals as well. And so, yeah, I think it's things like sport are really helpful for that, right? Like it's like a way to get aggression out, a way to get the kind of wildness out while, while safely doing that. But I think we need more mechanisms for that potentially, especially for guys because yeah, modern life is quite constraining in a way that it probably wasn't before. So many rules, right? So many so, what rules? Yeah, reels. sorry, I thought you said reels. <laughs> like, <laughs> you about Instagram now. That's, <laughs> that's super bloody modern. No, it's not for me, mate. Like, <laughs> no, neither. Not for me. You, you know, you try some things. You're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm never going to be a marketing guy. I'm just mm. going to be someone who talks shit on the internet. But um, yeah, there's so many rules. There's so many rules you got to obey by, and I, I can only imagine what it would be like for a man. I was like, mm. what do you mean, like? She's figuring it out. It's her first time here too, you know, just like everybody else, you know, just like him, her, they, whatever. It's like, we're all trying to figure this shit out. Like it's, we're all going to make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of um, internalized judgment. Like people might not even say anything, but you feel like they're thinking something and then you judge yourself and then you get defensive. (laughs) So it's like a lot in your head as well. But anyway, I'm probably off the track of where you wanted to take this chat, but Hey, yeah, I think it's take it wherever you that's want. Important. <laughs> Honestly, we can talk about uh, cats for an hour. I don't care. I did have a cat nightmare the other day. I keep having this nightmare that I have two cats and that I've forgotten that I have two cats. And I wake up and I'm like, <gasps> I need to feed them. And then it takes me like a good minute to remember that I don't have any cats. And it's a horrible dream. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm obviously neglecting something, but I don't yeah. know what that thing is. <laughs> I want to know how they find out what your dreams mean because usually they're completely mm. out of context right like your teeth mm-hmm. falling out or whatever you're like how mm-hmm. how does this relate to i gotta get a new job or whatever it is right like yeah. how do you figure that out that stuff's interesting i have heard that teeth falling out means fear of aging so wow. that feels like a logical fit though <laughs> i have had also that dream which is why i know that my teeth crumbled when i ate something and it was horrible wow. yeah. good times <laughs> I mean, we're all going to die, right? hate to take it to a morbid route, but we're all going to die. I don't think it's morbid. One of one of the things on my, I have a bucket list on my um, mirror, which I'm not getting through very fast, but that's okay. I have a busy life. <laughs> um, one of them is to get a memento mori tattoo, like remember you will die, because <laughs> honestly, we don't, we don't think about it enough, and you will, and therefore, how do you want to live? Like, I think if we accepted death more would probably be better at life yeah i completely agree death death denially as a culture Mm. i completely agree uh i Mm. kind of subscribe to the school of thought of i think it was alan watts who says live like live life like you're already dead Mm. i'm like yeah i'm already dead so why wouldn't i try Mm -hmm. yeah 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 what's the worst that could happen and I think it's like Mexican cultures and stuff. They have, well, there's obviously the Day of the Dead, but um, there's also death cafes. Have you heard of this? Oh. And it kind of loops back to the like deep chats thing. Um, I think there is one in Auckland at the Auckland Art Gallery. 
Um, but you basically meet on a regular, you can do it a couple of ways. You can have a dedicated death cafe, which is always there. People go there and they talk about death and there's prompting questions on the table, like on a little card to talk about um, while you have a coffee. Or there's one at Auckland Art Gallery and it's, I think, monthly. And people go and there's like a facilitator and they just talk about things to do with death and reflections. And it's kind of that deep facilitated chat with a whole bunch of strangers, but it's apparently really kind of life bringing. So that's awesome. I've been meaning to go along. Here's a question. Hmm. How would you go about opening up a deep and vulnerable conversation? How would you mm, change the environment, the, the energy of the environment to feel safe? Personally, hmm. how would you do that? Hmm. Uh, my first thought is there's a thing called psychogeography, which is um, basically the way the room and the space feels. So bringing, like, say it was a group of four people, bringing the chairs closer together, um, having, like, it be a bit cosier feeling, you know, like, it's a bit cheesy, but soft furnishings and dimmer lighting create a space that feels welcoming. And from there, um, I think, honestly, just using classic facilitation techniques helps like getting people to warm up by talking about themselves finding common links between people like you know what brought you here today what do you want to get out of it um that kind of reflective headspace starting with an easy personal centric question that people can there's no right or wrong so people get talking they get comfortable and then it it's just kind of like a, a dive right like you start in the shallows and you go deeper with with your questions um and I think if it was a facilitated chat it would be important to have it be progressively deeper you can't jump straight to the hardest question right like I have seen other people make this mistake where they they kind of flip-flop between really shallow questions and really deep questions like if you're having a dinner party what three people would you invite and then basically like how are you finding it moving to New Zealand and being socially isolated and new here? And how's that? And then like another shallow question, I'm like, oh, it's really jarring. Like you need yeah. to, it needs to feel smooth. Um, yeah. And then honestly, like personal revelation and personal sharing. Like if you show that you trust the group, the group is more likely to trust you back. So you, yeah, you can kind of lead a conversation to a deeper place by being more honest. Like I'm an overly honest mum. I'm I tell my friends when I'm having a crap day. Like if I I try really hard not to be mean to my kids, but sometimes I swear at them. And if I've done that, like I'll tell my friends and you know, I don't try and be a perfect person because then you free other people to not be perfect either. And yeah, and that's where the depth comes, I think. If we're all just pretending to be perfect Instagram worthy. You know, it's it's not real and it's not deep and it's not connecting. Yeah. I think about the quote at the end of uh, Coach Carter quite a lot of, mm -hmm. and as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as they are liberated from their own fear. Mm, yeah. And, yeah, I love that. You know, the, 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 the ripple effect that we have on others that, we're more than likely never going to find out. We're never going to know. Never going to truly know to the extent, you know, maybe it's somebody passing in the street that we give them a little smile or a tip of the cap or a nod of the head, or we just don't look down and away from them like we're ignoring them, right? Mm -hmm. You could have yeah. changed the trajectory of their entire day. Yeah, for sure. Like this came up yesterday, actually, in that group coaching thing. Um, 
one of the people in there had been through a really hard breakup um like 10 years ago we we're talking about how you don't know the ripple effects and she said um 10 years later someone that she peripherally knew in her circle at that time but wasn't very close with came up to her and said you you ending your relationship that was very toxic and like not a positive thing to be in gave me the strength to do the same thing a few years later so like your choices affected my choices in a really positive way and she would have never known you know so I love that because you you don't know not everything is trackable <laughs> not everything is visible but it doesn't mean that you aren't making an impact mm. that beauty and the benefit of that community right mm. yeah for sure it's uh I'm fascinated by people's energy right it sounds super hippy dippy but you know for uh I spend most of my time and I pay most of my bills from from coaching mm-hmm. right see people whether that's online or whether that's mostly in person, and you, you feel their energy change. And you're like, mm-hmm. wait, hold on a minute. Like, there's got to be something here, you know, rather than just, yes, no, sir. It's, it's oh, okay. Like, somebody's having a bad day. And you can figure things out and you get these social cues. And like we said before we started this thing, like the body language from back home, like you end up learning some stuff. like, And you learn the individual as well. And you're like, mm-hmm. there is so many more ways we can communicate with one another and connect with one another than just, you know, verbal, physical, mm-hmm. you know, emotional. There's like, there's, there's ways that we don't even understand that we're doing. You know, yeah. people are these fascinating characters, but I think people are fucked. Don't get me wrong. I think they're, <laughs> a, I think they're a pain in the ass. And I think I'm probably number one up there, but the people are a fascinating character. And some days you it's your like, coaches that you like, quietly think you're fucked, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the the C word on the back might be coach. You might have five letters, but they usually call me the four-letter one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's okay. You can call me whatever you want. We're still going to be in here doing some adult PE. And guess what? When we walk out, we're fingers crossed going to be 1% better human being. Mm. doesn't really mm. matter about kettlebell swings and bloody burpees. It mm. matters about whether yeah. you're a better person. Yeah, nice. You know, can I uh, ask you a quick question? Oh, sorry, you can ask me whatever you want, mate. <laughs> um do you mainly coach do you have a do you mainly coach guys or both or no 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 non-discriminatory i'll coach anybody yeah cool because i'm I'm wondering i I guess back to that question about um about openness across the genders like do you think there's a rising interest in men to have like coaching and counseling and therapy and stuff or not that wasn't a very good question because it was leading and closed. But anyway. I know where you're going. With it. <laughs> uh, mm. I don't know. Hmm. Probably the most powerful thing that we could ever see, right? But I, I don't know. I think some folks, yeah, they, they feel more accepted. But I think a lot of folks are still in, uh, well, people care whether the outcome is, is achieved or not. They don't give a fuck whether I, whether it breaks me. They care whether I can do it or whether I can I can bring it to the table. And a lot of blokes fall into that mindset of like, I got to get the work done. Right. They don't care about me. They care about whether the work's done. I was like, well, mm-hmm. for some of the time, that needs to happen. Yes, 100%. But it can't be all of the time because then you won't be here anymore. And guess what? The work's not being done because you're not here. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a funny one, right? I I have a privilege of of coaching to coaching coaches, 
you know, mm-hmm. trying to upskill this thing and, and help more folks out there around the world. And, and uh, anecdotally, I've just seen that ladies need to be built up mm-hmm. and blokes need to be stripped down. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a, heard a similar thing mm. of like no no chicks need to understand their uh, competence to build their mm. confidence and then just mm. let them do their thing they're going to be pretty good mm. and blokes need to uh, unlearn all the bullshit and all the um, coping mechanisms that they've ended up falling into mm. you basically have to strip them down yeah, yeah. Um, and we do that through physical adversity, and then you get into the weeds from from vulnerable, safe conversations, deep conversations, and you're like, right, less of the shit now. Okay, mm. we've proven ourselves. You know, you've put the tape measure away. You know, mm. everybody's like picked up some heavy things. We feel better. All right, right, less of the shit. What's going on? Picked up some heavy things. I love it. <laughs> it's honestly, it's, uh. we're less evolved as a species. It's it's for damn sure. You know, it's like you just need to feel some sort of like internal struggle. Usually that's just picking up in a heavy object and placing it from A to B. And you're like, right, have you got that out of your system? Okay, cool. Can we have a, like an adult conversation now? Yeah, okay. Oh, sounds wow, good. Good pro tip. Thank you. I'll take that into tomorrow. Here's just a heavy like, thing. Can you shift it? Cool. Let's chat now. Yeah, just have a big it. sandbag or something. I was like, can you go move this a mile? Can you take this to me, oh, ma'am? I love it. I love it. That's so funny. But I think there's a lot of similarities in that as well, though, mate. I think there's a lot of blokes that need building up in confidence. Uh, you won't know because they probably won't tell you. Um, and I think there's yeah. a lot of a lot of ladies that need to do the opposite. You know, it's we're we're more yeah. similar than we are different, but there are specific differences that we also need to highlight and address and understand for one another, so we can build that connection, right? Rather than just yeah. me versus you, as like fucking hell, we're all people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that um it's almost like reverse socialization, right? Like cuz cuz I have the little kids and I there's so much socialization around like pink and unicorns and fairies and princesses and blah, 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 blah. and um and we're lucky now because a lot of the role models in movies are actually competent women like Moana who can sail across the ocean. So that's mm-hmm. nice. Like I'm glad for that. But yeah, it does feel like my kids are innately really confident at the age of three and six and I don't want them to lose that so I agree that yeah you kind of get you get questioned and you get like you start to question your own competence as a woman over time and yeah there are less kind of role models you can point to that you're like I want to be her in the future and so yeah I agree (laughs) let's just kind of balance the scales right like let's build the woman up and kind of get the dudes to have a few more questions and a little bit more humility that's the thing that honestly like if I'm going to have a rant because I see the clock ticking on remaining meeting time I think the world would be a much better place if we had especially I'm going to sound a bit bigoted but especially older male leaders like having more of a questioning curious mindset about what don't I know and what else can other people share with me versus like nah I'm good I'm at the top of the pile I don't need to listen anymore like I find people that speak in statements and ask no questions and have no curiosity really frustrating to be around so I think the world yeah that's what the world needs (laughs) I couldn't agree more with you mate and I think we get there by by just dousing them in a little bit of fitness it's like here's some hard (laughs) things you know here's some heavy shit pick it and Mm. bloody run with it or go for a row or go for a run. I was like, it's difficult, man. And it strips down that mm. like ignorance and arrogance. It just 
fucking mm. just dissipates to the side and you're like oh okay cool yeah pro- i probably am wrong in <laughs> most situations mm. <laughs> and so. like i'm i do try and have empathy too right because it's that all that behavior is a product of socialization too yeah. so you know yeah <laughs> try not to get too angry but yeah it is frustrating sometimes being in those conversations again people are complicated mate Mm-hmm. complicated little buggers man complicated but fascinating because yeah fascinating I studied, behavior, studied behavioral science and I, I love all the ways that we're weird it's great mm. <laughs> it's so odd mm. I got three questions okay Whew. cool what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received oh was, um really hard the one that springs to mind probably not the greatest but the one that springs to mind is when I was like sad about getting not into the first 11 like starting lineup in hockey and um my dad said something like you know today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip wrapper like that basically like (laughs) things that seem massive now everyone forgets and it doesn't matter so like don't over index on the importance of this one thing so that was that was useful yeah Oh, and really. the other piece of life advice is kind of that thing, but by a, a Nobel laureate called Daniel Kahneman, who said nothing in life is, is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it. Because in life, yeah, because actual life is broad lens, right? But when you're yeah. over-focusing, it's, it's narrow. Yeah. yeah, it's Charlie Chaplin, right? In life, when you zoom in, it looks like a tragedy, but when you zoom out, it looks like a comedy. Oh, I love that. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. So What's... I have like issues with him lately because I found found out about his <laughs> creepy background. But anyway, <laughs> let's not go into the Charlie Chaplin debate. Um, yes, yeah, second question. People are always fucked, right? What's the um what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? Hmm. I don't think I've received any. Um oh. <laughs> Someone once said, "If you do a PhD, you'll be overqualified." Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> I don't think that's the worst advice. Um, I haven't received any really bad advice, but I guess like overall, any advice that pushes you towards just doing what everyone else is doing rather than listening to who you are and forging that path would be terrible advice because things haven't been done until they're done, right? so just because it's not a thing yet doesn't mean you can't make it a thing I actually I did get told it wasn't advice but about 10 years ago I was talking to someone and I said I want to go back to uni and study happiness and they said that's not a thing who like who you wouldn't there's no faculty of happiness where would you sit within in terms of faculties I don't I don't get it that's not a job and they basically kind of shot me down and then I, the same day I got a massive parking ticket and I was like this is a terrible freaking day and then <laughs> and then like five years later I found a course on behavior happiness and public policy at the London School of Economics where I went to do my master's and I was like it is a fucking thing studying happiness is a thing it's legitimately like the OECD talk about it now they have reports on it there's people that focus on well-being explicitly rather than GDP as a way of getting to well-being and so that person was wrong <laughs> and it gives me great joy to say so. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah. All right, last question. 
what are the three words you would tell your younger self? Three words, okay. Um, probably just you'll be okay. <laughs> like, it's all going to work out. And even the stuff that's hard, like, you will get through it. Like, we've had, I've been around hard things. I have not experienced personally heaps of hard stuff, but I've had, like, family members who've had really hard fertility struggles and my um my husband lost his brother in an accident and you know like hard shit happens all around us um but it is amazing how resilient people are so yeah I guess it goes back to the first piece of advice like hard stuff will happen and and you'll still be okay the lens is broad so yeah you'll be okay hmm. mate thank you so much this has been an honor and a privilege Oh, it was lovely. Lovely to chat to you and learn about what you do as well. So thank you for the time. I just talk shit for a living. <laughs> I love it. It was like an alignment there. Deep chats for change, talking shit for a living. It's good. That's kind of it, you know, like yeah. take some nuggets out of there, but it's probably going to be a lot of bullshit. Um, <laughs> swear like a sailor, say words in a very weird accent, but hey, take what nice. you can. Time to make some reels. Thanks. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's your job. Uh, uh, lovely <laughs> to chat to you. Mate, appreciate <laughs> it. You. you have a great day and we'll speak soon. Yeah, you too. Cool. Thanks, boss. See you later, everybody.